Good morning. Roman Catholic writer Michael Henling wrote, the Gospels would therefore have had a limited audience at first, given Christianity's status within the Roman Empire. Since St. Mark's is considered the oldest gospel, it makes sense that he would not have necessarily included details that would have been more important to those needing convinced that Jesus was Lord. I think and I hope that that provides us with a different kind of lens for understanding the brevity of our gospel reading this morning. The first Sunday in Lent is always Jesus' temptation. But when was the last time you noticed just how brief Mark's temptation story is? It's virtually non-existent, a summary only, to the point, no details really, just that it happened. One could say, well, that's Mark for you. The Reader's Digest condensed version of the gospel. And that makes it harder to speak on the temptation of Jesus when there's not too much to go on. Sure, you could bring in Matthew and Luke, but that's Matthew and Luke. What if we take Mark seriously? We say, Mark, why was it so short? Why was it, was it not important? Or should we be paying attention to something else? Maybe temptation doesn't matter as much to Mark, or it matters differently. So then what does matter? In asking that question, it appears that maybe I'm giving more weight to the baptism of Jesus, which is as brief as his temptation. So which one wins? If you choose temptation, then you have to read forward in Mark. What tempts Jesus? What tempts us? Yet Jesus' baptism totally matters for Jesus' temptation, as you know. God rips apart the heavens. The Spirit descends. The Spirit enters into Jesus. It seems that no resistance of temptation is successful without the presence of God. And therein lies our promise, not necessarily that we have the power to defend and deflect temptation. Just put a plate of freshly baked brownies in front of me. Not that we are capable of taking on Satan in the wilderness, or at least, I know I'm not. Not so much that baptism is our guarantee that will shore up the walls to keep out that which seems to threaten our belief, our trust, our relationship with God. It's that now all battles with evil, with that which tempts us, the game is changed because God is present. We are not asked to do this out on our own. And God tears away our every attempt to say, well, I appreciate your help, God. I've got this. I can figure it out. We don't want help. We don't want to ask for help. 
Help is a sign of insecurity, exposes weakness, but more so when it comes to issues of faith, lowering our ability to thwart sin. It seems we are even good at pretense before God. But that's where Jesus' temptation in Mark should shatter our carefully constructed faith worlds, or at least the ones we create for the eyes of others only. Jesus goes into the wilderness, not with the convic conviction of success, but only because he knows that God has chosen to rip to shreds any boundary, any structure, any denomination, any doctrine that would separate him from God. He enters that wilderness only with the promise of God's presence, not with fighting skills, not with self-help strategies, not with techniques for passing the test, but only his personal knowledge because of God's direct words to him alone that God will be there. To preach the temptation of Jesus in Mark means that our preaching task is not to offer a list of temptations that tempted Jesus, that then we should be able to deflect. To preach the temptation of Jesus in Mark is to call attention to our greatest temptation, the temptation to think that God is not present. We are tempted to believe that God is absent. God has taken up, has, pardon me, God has given up, withdrawn. Why? Well, you name it, a whole host of reasons we could all list. We are fully aware that we are not worthy of God's love, which we tend to perpetuate during Lent. We are fully aware, if we are honest, of those excruciating times when we think God is silent. Our gospel reading today on this first Sunday in Lent says to us clearly, unapologetically, without any doubt, that God is present in it all. We will not have the same temptations of Jesus. The point of contact is not necessarily that Jesus was tempted yet without sin. But we can look at Jesus's temptation, whatever it is, whatever it turns out to be, and say, God was there. God is present. Amen.